Hello everybody, this is going to be a somewhat different episode of the campaign trail. Unfortunately, due to scheduling issues, uh, Steve has not been able to join us. Uh, we do this, we don't get paid to do this podcast, we're all doing it pro bono and for the fun of it. And some of us work, well okay, all of us work jobs uh, that are sometimes... Um, Inflexible. Have inflexible, shall we say? Yeah, uh, we, uh, irritating. yeah, irritating. And sometimes people get sick, and people have to cover shifts, and uh, last minute we have to cancel recording sessions. Or uh, and the people who uh, choose who covers the shift just don't take our Dungeons and Dragons podcast into account. And yeah, <laughs> I would like to ask one question. Okay, yes. You said we don't get paid for this. No. Oh shit! And why am I here? She's off now. She's leaving. I'm I'm, I'm out of here. I don't get out of bed for less than fifty quid an hour. (laughs) So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we're going to do something uh, a little bit more laid back, a little more. We're just going to have a chat about campaign, about how we feel about things, and what our plan. I'm going to talk a little bit about the plans for the future of the uh, podcast. Uh, because we are over halfway through the campaign, as I've imagined it, and as I have it planned out. Uh, so I can talk a little bit about uh, things going forward, what we c- what you can expect to come in the uh, next few episodes, and uh, I can take a wild stab at how many more episodes there are going to be, but I, I would hate to do that. Uh, it's going to keep it as a surprise for you all. <laughs> it's going to be 69. Um, It'll be 69 episodes. I... I I mm, probably not that many. <laughs> I wish that would be nice. Um, nice, alas. yes. Uh, we're not going to get quite that far, I don't think. Uh, we can also speculate about uh, what to do after this campaign, whether or not we're going to have a season two. I certainly have plans for a season two if we ever get there. Uh, I'd certainly like to be in a season two. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we can talk a little bit about that, but also we can talk a bit about uh, people's favourite moments of the campaign so far. Uh, Oh well. So, um, this is going to be something I, I, I'd like to call DMQs, um, as opposed to PMQs. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's talk, a, let's go around and, uh, talk a little bit about, um, how, how we feel so far about, uh, about the characters. Let's start there. Uh, Aim, how have you found playing Dareth? I found Dareth so much fun. I really struggled the first few episodes to get a grip on who they were and where they were going. But the little details have just fleshed them out into a character I really care about. And I don't know how universal this is, but I do this thing where D&D sort of complements my therapy. And <laughs> I work through a lot of my personal shit by using role-playing games. And I didn't expect Dareth to take the direction they did. Mm. Um, especially the more emotional turn from the last episode. And it's been really nice to be surprised by a character like that. Um, They're also really cool, and it's nice just to be part of representing non-binary bards. Mm. Uh, What would you say has been one of your favourite Dareth moments, then? Um, Favourite Dareth moments? Probably when they met Billy Idol. It was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) That was wild. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that. Have you had a favourite line that you've uh, you delivered? Oh God, that you expect me to remember something I say. Fair enough. I know. I, I know. I do have one-liners, um, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what they are. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, do you like? 
um, I will neither confirm nor deny uh, whether or not I will uh, adhere to your wishes, but uh, where do you feel Dareth is going as a character? I think they're going to a stage of like actual rooted self-confidence rather than artificial confidence. Hmm. Um, I think they're growing into themselves. I was thinking about this while I was on the way home today about how they're sort of having a second coming of age as a character. They decided who they wanted to be and that person stopped fitting. Ooh. And so, when do you think that happened? Well, for me, or for Dereth. For yeah. me, it was when I was on the bus. <laughs> um, so for Dereth, I think it's when they were fired from the BBC and sort of had this unintentional 180 in life. Mm. Um, and sort of being forced to re- re-examine who you are and why you do the things you do. Hmm. That's cool. We we need to do more with uh, uh, Dareth's BBC background. I we think. Do. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think next next uh, Parliament House is going to arc. I, I'll put a few. Uh, I'll try and steer things in that direction. Amazing. <laughs> uh, but uh, no spoilers. Um. <laughs> so we will be going back to Parliament Hexagon. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> I think that's kind of inevitable. Yeah, I feel like uh, hopefully at this point the format has become <laughs> obvious. <laughs> the Palmer Hexagon is like the hub world almost. If this it's to, to dip into video game uh, terminology for a second, there. Uh, I mean, it's a game. There must be some crossover in terminology. I don't know. Um, Joe, so how how have you been fighting? Because you, uh, you came to this having not played D and D for a while. Uh, how for, for about twenty years, oh. I think. <laughs> so what what was that? Probably before fifth edition, then. So you probably would have been probably. like <laughs> third three point five, possibly. You played. Um, so yeah, what what? How, how did you feel getting back into the swing of things? Uh, it's been really fun. Yeah, it's been you know it's been hilarious. <laughs> And my housemates have said, I can just see you just lock yourself up in the bedroom and you giggle for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't tell why. They could listen to the podcast. <laughs> they could. <laughs> um, so, like, Tilda was, um, like, how, how did you feel with Tilda as a character? Like, because you've definitely fleshed her out as, um, uh, like, how much of yourself would you say you put into Tilda? Uh, well, I am. A hobbit for social justice. Group, so. <laughs> <laughs> so quite a lot, you know, and, and I can empathise with her short people problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her love of cake. Yeah, I, I would say I would say quite a lot. I mean, she's she's very, you know, she's probably fiercer than me and tougher than me. And, <laughs> she killed a dragon. Um, she killed a dragon, yeah. I have not done that. <laughs> I would probably wimp out killing a dragon. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like to think that she's kind of standing up for, like, you know, short women in badassery. <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed um, having Tilda as a character to um, bounce ideas off. I mean, I had uh, a lot of this um, campaign I'd had planned out in advance, um, and the Ragnar's Rock arc in particular I felt was good for Tilda, uh, because I already had this character who was a, a cleric who you were going to meet, and then you announced that uh, Tilda had a prejudice against clerics, and I immediately went, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Um, so, like, yeah, you're. Uh, I think we're all we're all writers here as well. So, mm-hmm. I, su- I suppose this is a good thing to, to talk about. Is um, so, uh, Joe, especially like since we're, since we're talking about Tilda, like, how do you feel like um, doing things like character development through RPGs? Because it feels a very different experience to doing it in novel writing, where you can have more of a kind of bird's eye view of the story and how it relates to the character. 
it's a lot quicker I mean, you know, when you're writing a character and you can sit there and think for ages about like backstory and sort of build it up slowly and like you know with RPGs you know you'll say something and I'm like oh bugger is that a thing right okay I'm gonna have to <laughs> you know riff off of that and so so you have to kind of build your character much more spontaneously mm. which is fun it's sort of stretching a different creative muscle mm. so how do you feel about uh because I think I definitely tried to give uh, Tilda a character arc in uh, Ragnar's Rock, uh, which was then seemed to be almost immediately uh, trampled upon by the appearance of Steph, the less adorable cleric, <laughs> <laughs> played beautifully by Anna Smith. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> well, I think the problem with the, the Ragnar's Rock arc was that it was derailed by the presence of Jellybait. Yes. <laughs> it's like. You know, they, they, this man can't be all bad because he's walking around with a pocket full of delicious food. Mm. <laughs> uh, if, if only Steph had had some jelly babies. Uh, yes, <laughs> instead of just a house full of rice. <laughs> yes. Let's not talk about my uh, lack of rice knowledge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you only mention it every time we go to the shops. It's, it's... Do you do you go to the shops and you hold up bags of rice and say, "Now, Joe, this is rice. Do you know how it works?" <laughs> Literally. We Did you really to... not know the difference between rice and pasta? I no, apparently not. Apparently not. No, I mean, <laughs> I, in retrospect, if I had said expanded like pasta, I think I would have gotten away with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't for as pesky. It wasn't you out, funny. Yeah, if it wasn't for people calling <laughs> me out on my lack of knowledge of uh, rice. Um, I I didn't do well in school, um, <laughs> so that's that's my excuse. Um, uh, Naomi, you wrote an interesting blog post uh, after you'd been on the podcast the first time around. Uh, so perhaps talk a little bit about what you said in there and uh, your experiences playing uh, the Marquis. You mean the one about being heard? Yes. Yeah. Um. I've always had issues with my voice, Hmm. especially since I came out as trans. But even before that, I hate hearing my voice coming back at me from a recording. And I think that's a common thing for everybody. Yeah, Hmm. Yeah, me too. But putting myself out there and actually taking part in this um, podcast and then seeing the feedback from people listening to it and seeing how many listeners you've had, it's been good for me. It's, it's yeah. helped my confidence a lot more than I thought it would. Oh. I'm, so well, I'm really glad we could be, be helpful there. Uh, I'm glad it that was it... a lovely post. Oh. It's really, really moving to read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how have you? Like, I know you. I, I created the Marquis uh, and uh, sort of offered this character to you. Uh, how did you feel about the character when you first read about her? The first time I read about her, I was thinking Miranda Richardson from that episode of Blackadder. Yeah, <laughs> and and I was all ready to talk about squirrels and and shoot at the squirrels and 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 have a silly voice. But the more I thought about it, the more I got fixated on the idea of Dick Turpin as well. Mm. Because as, as growing up as a child, there was the Dick Turpin TV show, and mm. I became really interested in Dick Turpin and Highwaymen in general. So I've kind of mixed the two characters, the Miranda Richardson character and Dick Turpin from the Richard Carpenter TV series. Oh, that's cool. Uh, do you have any uh, any moments that stood out to you from uh, your, your game so far? The initial appearance with Legsy having a mask on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, what do you think of the theme music that I got uh, 
I commissioned loved it. it. That was great. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, my my elder brother Matt uh, wrote and performed that piece because uh, uh, the the Marquis of Granby uh, uh, the character came from a few different places. It's a kind of mesh of several different characters. Um, firstly, it, it's a it's a vague reference to an old Alexis Sale sketch about uh, the Marquis of Granby, which is the pub that rides a horse. So um, good. It's absolutely ridiculous. It just tickles it's, me in the right place. <laughs> it's a, such a it's a very silly sketch. Uh, just the image of a pub riding on a horse is very silly and very amusing to me. Uh, and also, um, those of you who are classic Doctor Who fans uh, may remember the sto- the Fifth Doctor story, The Visitation, from 1980. Something I'll edit in here so that people don't realise how about, how much I can't remember the exact year that a Doctor Who story came out in. Uh, call yourself a fan. I, uh, it'll be eighty two or something like that. Um, yeah, so the the, uh, the story, the visitation, uh, wherein there is a a highwayman uh, called Richard Mace, uh, who is a thespian turned vigilante. Uh, and that was uh, part of the inspiration for this uh, character as well. And um, so I, I just love the idea of being overly theatrical, uh, but uh, a uh, a vagabond at the same time. Um, so yeah, I I definitely enjoyed um, creating Rachel as a character that with this uh, being so obsessed with uh, this character that they played on stage that kind of embodying them um, eternally almost. Um, and you know it was um yeah it was it was good because um we did a practice run of this campaign many like last year i think so over a year and a half ago now uh and uh that time the the players uh the the marquis was an npc that i was um uh doing the voice for and at some point they just left her behind and went on with the adventure <laughs> Which irritated me slightly because I had all this plot with Genora and everything going on. He's like, "Well, <laughs> she's she's over it's, there now." So it was great to it's have the curse of the GM. You, you come up with all these ideas and then you put them in front of your players and they go completely the wrong way. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I I do worry about oh, railway roading um, occasionally, but uh, sometimes that you know you. It can be fun to just put your players on a track and say, okay, how do you deal with this problem? And then this problem and then this problem. Um, dungeon crawls can be a bit like that where you, you know, you just got start place and an end place and you just go through all the puzzles. Uh, but I also do like to try and have more of an open world, um, aspect to it. So I, I like to sort of provide you guys with a map of whatever constituency you're going to. So you get to choose. You know, which parts of the, the the town you explore and which characters you get to talk to. Because um, that's a part of like video games that I always enjoyed. I mean, my video game experience is limited to... like I think the last time I played video games um, consistently would have been the N64, possibly a bit of the GameCube. But uh, yeah, I, I fell out of uh, video game playing a long time ago, unfortunately. Um, but... Yeah, so how have you guys found things like the puzzles so far? I really enjoy it, um, mainly because we're coming at it from completely different angles most of the time. Mm. Um, and often if there's something that I'm tripping over, which happens a lot, <laughs> the way that we give hints and stuff is fun. I like the gem labyrinth. Yes. 
That was mm, a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. I, I had a lot of trouble with that, actually, because, like, I was looking at Crystal Maze puzzles for inst- inspiration, and something that kept tripping me up was uh, an awful lot of them rely on visual cues uh, that don't really work in an audio environment. Uh, like just explaining, here's all the things in the room. You're automatically giving away the clues almost. Um, whereas, you know, somebody stood there uh, with all the clues there, but, you know, it's in a different context where it's a visual one. It's a case of spotting them, you know, and sometimes it's a case of like with the, the, um, the boat on the water thing, it just came a roll dice until it works <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. which is why I thought I would, yeah. at the last minute, I chucked in that, okay, there's a time limit here as well. So <laughs> you get so many rolls before it stops working. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, oh, dad, yeah, I don't think we, we uh, had Joe say, uh, did, did you have a particular favorite moment? Oh, well, I killed the dragon. Oh, that was awesome. I think one of my fa- and the breakfasts, the breakfasts, <laughs> All the, the breakfasts. Ma- yeah. we, we need we need a picture of Tilda killing the dragon. Oh, we do. I'll get I'll get Josh on that. Yeah, I hope people have seen that the little. I need to get Josh to. I've fallen a bit behind on this. I need to get Josh to draw a little picture for Northport and for the inquiry uh, and for the next arc as well, so we can get a bit ahead. Uh, uh, because yeah, I've got a big, I've got a good image in my head of what the Northport one will look like. Because I like the, the image of the uh, the octopus rising out of the sea uh, was quite powerful, and uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've got a couple of ideas for that. Uh, and then the inquiry, I think. I, I saw Anna the other night, and she said she had so much fun doing that. Oh, that's lovely. I did so worry she about said that. She had the best time. Oh, that's lovely. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, incidentally, I think. Uh, I don't know if you'll be there, um, Naomi, but definitely uh, Aim and I, I think. Joe, are you going to Bristol Con this year? I am going to Bristol Con. Yes. yes. I need to give you chocolate, was it? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Um, <laughs> I can't, why? I, 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 I vaguely remember cake, that, yes. I can't remember why. <laughs> I can't remember why either, but I will accept that. All yes, right. as a, you need to give me chocolate because reasons. Yep, that's fine <laughs> by me. I'll get you cake and write reasons on it. <laughs> It's on the messenger chat somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> Are you coming to Bristol Come, Naomi? Uh, I won't be this oh, year. No shame. Uh, I think Steve said he's coming. So uh, he is. Yes. Yeah. So there'll be at he, least he's, he's doing he's doing Fantasy Con and Bristol Con Ooh, one one after the other. Yauchi. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> uh, so oh, there isn't two week, Fantasy two Con like weekends. next weekend. Is that two uh, weeks? Are they two weekends in a row? Yeah. yeah, Fantasy Con is the weekend before Bristol Con. Yowch. And it's up in Glasgow, isn't it, this year? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I See, next next year's not a problem because it's in Sheffield. Oh, so I'll, oh I'll be that's there next year. brilliant. Do we have dates for yes. that yet so I can actually put it in my calendar? Uh, it'll be Not October. for Sheffield, okay. no. I'll keep it's that out. Mid-October, I think it'll be probably. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. so Joe, I'm Steve, already... Abe and I will be at Bristol Con. Uh, what's the website, Joe? Uh, the BristolCon website is www.bristolcon.org. Yeah. Uh, are memberships still available to buy? Uh, I believe they are. And uh, as far as I'm aware, they are available to buy. Uh, they should also be available to buy on the door if it doesn't sell out, but they'll be £5 more expensive on the door. Ah, yeah, so uh, if you're out there, if you're a listener and uh, want to come say hi and also experience a great uh, convention that is BristolCon, I think AIM and I, I think Joe, you're on some panels as well. 
I think I'm on two panels. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm on at least one. I'm doing a book reading. Aim, you're on two. I'm on a couple of panels, yes. I'm moderating one, so I need to yeah. figure that out. <laughs> I was going to ask you for tips on that, Joe. Is that all right at some point? Yeah, that's cool. fine. Yeah, although I'm, I hate moderating, so I never want to do it, but I give you some tips. Yeah, it's just more like a what is expected for a moderator from Risk yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's fine. Oh, no, I've got a whole, um, like, there's an article on the website oh, that I'll cool. link you to that be... explains, Ross wrote it, that explains how to how to moderate. Lovely. That's really good. Thank and you. Moderate your language as well. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not good at I that. can't be on the panel without swearing. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> uh, See, anybody who's ever seen me on the panel probably remembers <laughs> this. Yes, that's Joe. She is foul mouthed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm doing a panel on heroes, uh, which ties into uh, my novels that I've written. I've written novels, don't you know? Uh, <laughs> The Sea Stone Sword and the Sky Slayer are the two novels uh, that are out, and the Stormforged Throne is the next one in line uh, that is uh, probably next year, probably late next year. Uh, depends how uh, the editing process goes. Uh, I think Sammy said she's still reading it. Um, uh, Sammy of Grimbold Books. Uh, yeah, if you go to grimboldbooks.com, you can see my books and uh, Joe's books. And mine. Uh, yeah. Uh, you want to plug your books, Joe? Yeah, Joe, plug uh, your books. I can I can plug my books. Yes, uh, I've written a whole bunch of books that are out with Grimbold. Uh, the most recent ones are Spark and Carousel and The Summer Goddess, which was a finalist for the BFS Best Novel Award a couple of years ago mm. and lost to Adrian Tchaikovsky, which is no bad thing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we did almost. We had to stop you from breaking into his room and stealing the award, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he would have big spiders and things in this there. This is true. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, he seems like the sort of man who could just like have spiders appearing from his eyebrows if he so desired. <laughs> yes, he's like the spider god. Yes. Spider. What do you think his beard's made out of? Spiders. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Naomi, you're a writer, aren't you? Um, after a fashion, yes. Yeah. Have you had anything published? Uh, I self-pubbed a cyberpunk novella Ooh. about 13 years ago now, Ooh. and it wasn't all that good, so I unpublished it. Ah, I was going to say, do you want to give us a link to it? <laughs> Never mind. It's, it, it's published under my dead name, and ah, it's okay. no longer in print. Okay, cool. Never mind then. Um, are you, are you uh, thinking of going back into writing? I am, yeah. I'm currently working on a epic fantasy, um, partially derived from Anglo-Saxon roots, mm-hmm. and I'm also working on a character-driven space opera type thing mm. that I'm quite enjoying writing, and I'm writing a role-playing game. Ah, well, just a couple of things. <laughs> cool. Just a couple of things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I can't work on one project at a time. I have to have multiple projects. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Uh, I, I have to have one project at a time, otherwise I go completely mental, um, which is what, what the position I'm in at the moment, where I can't decide which project to settle on and work on. <laughs> it's really bugging me at the moment. I sort of um, have a couple going because yeah. I'm very mood dependent when I'm working. And I sort of, I, I know my main couple of creative moods, so I'll have something that states each one. And if I don't want to work on one, I'll procrastinate on that by working on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of I, I get that as well. Sort of tricking my brain into working. Um, what? 
what are you working on at the moment, Aim? Then, if you want to kind of plug that. Yeah. Um. So I am currently. Um. I've had a bit of po- poetry published, but none of my fiction as of yet. I'm working on a bunch of short stories to start selling around, shopping around in the new year, hopefully. Um. But I'm also drafting up a um. Trying to figure out how to summarize this. A very queer, very anti-establishment um, book about a necromancer at university. <laughs> Uh, this is in no way related to you having just read Gideon the Nine. It's actually not because I was oh, okay, playing cool. with. I, I, it's basically a reworking of an old idea and another old idea, and they're having an idea wedding and becoming a new idea. How <laughs> wedding work? Um, so I'd smush these ideas together, and I'd have my whole flowchart for what will happen. And then the day after Gideon the Ninth arrived in the post, and I was like, "Wait a second um, they're very different things. Gideon the Ninth is a fantastic book, and I highly recommend it. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there'll probably be something in Gideon the Ninth for you. Um, but it's quite dark and it's very horror-y and it's got so many different aspects. Whereas I tend to be a little bit more, um, I have a slightly different tone, but it's also much more like pastel goth rather than hardcore goth. <gasps> pastel so, goth. Pastel like- goth. Pastel, have you never heard me describe myself as pastel goth before? No, but I like it. <laughs> That's sort of where I, I said. I, I haven't heard you describe yourself as that, but I do understand what you mean. Exactly. <laughs> so that's um, that's what I'm working on at the moment. If you want uh, to read this, then poke me on Twitter. <laughs> nag me into writing. Uh, Joe, just, are you working on Just going with... back to... Sorry. Sorry, just going back to what my writing earlier. Um, I do actually have some old short stories on my website. Oh, okay. Uh, what is your website? It's wibblywibblywibbly.snaomiscott.net. Excellent. Everybody go there right now and read, read Naomi's uh, short story. Uh, what, what are they about, these short stories? They're a weird melange of everything. <laughs> there's, there's some science fiction, some fantasy. Uh, there's a slightly comedic story about a schoolboy in love with his teacher. That one actually got read out on BBC Radio Sheffield. Um, there's some experimental pieces. It's it's a weird melange. It's all over the place. Ooh. Cool. Uh, Joe, what are you working on at the moment? Uh, I'm working on um, two novels, um, one of which is about um, circus and political unrest in the aftermath of a civil war, and mm-hmm. the other one is about assassins and murderous child bright. Ooh, oh, wow. It's very Robin Hobb. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. uh, yeah. Neither, neither of them are, they're both a bit, but I'm going to, uh, my the housemates have put me into a spa next week, and they're sending me away to do nothing for four days but write. So. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I, I, I had. Writing, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go away for 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 a weekend and just do nothing but write. <laughs> I mean, Legit. there's nothing. Well, stopping you know, me, if you want but... to go away for a weekend and do nothing but write, I may plug our new and exciting range of writing retreats that Ross and I are setting up. Ooh, uh, is that something you want to plug on here? I, I can plug this. Yes, yes. I think the probably the best place to find us is at our Twitter, which is. Um, Medal underscore coid, which is M E W D W L underscore C O E D. 
Um, and that's our farm Twitter, but that's where we'll be putting up information about writing retreats as well. Um, we're set one well up for February. I've really, put the February one in my diary. I would love to be there. Okay, awesome. Uh, we might, we're, February one is filling up really fast, but we're looking at it, and the place that we're looking at has got like the same price is going on into March, so we may be able to do one. We're hoping to do more of them like sort of scattered throughout the winter. So if you let us know what dates you can do, and if we can find three other people to do those dates, then we can we can put them on. It's it's sort of Joel, getting we the right amount there's... of people for the right amount of bedrooms, and then yeah. yeah. Shall we look if there's a weekend where we can both do so we can drive over rather Quite than possibly, yes. me spending half my life on a train. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, long way on the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can. I mean, if it's in February, uh, yeah. My, my day job. I think. Uh, yeah, it's not officially open at that point, so I think I may be able to nab a weekend off around there. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, we, we were. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the, the last weekend of February is full, but we can do other weekends in February. Penultimate weekend of February, maybe? Possibly, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't see why not. We'd need to get a couple of other people to be able to do it. Um, that shouldn't but, be hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Um, the only reason we've had to go for the last weekend of February for this one is because um, uh, one of the people who's coming has got accessibility needs, and so we had to find somewhere that was... Um, that had a downstairs bedroom and bathroom, and that made it all a bit more. Ah. Yeah. Um, but if if you're not, if you haven't got accessibility needs, then we we can get you in somewhere cheaper and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> My accessibility needs are not stairs dependent, so that's fine. <laughs> that's uh, all right. What what will these writing retreats uh, consist of? Um, they will. Well, it's really we're trying to be really flexible. So we're trying to give people like a comfortable space where they can go, and if they want to lock themselves in the room for an entire weekend and just write, then that's fine. They can do that. But we're also, as Ros and I are running them, we can also offer you know one-to-one advice. So anything, if you think, oh, I've got a particular problem with this, and I don't know how to fix it, then. We can offer you like actual one-to-one mentoring sessions to try and get you over whatever it is your problem is, and also group sessions if you want them. But you're not obliged to attend anything. You can just go. I'm going to lock myself in the cupboard for forty-eight hours and write a book, or I'm going to lock myself in the cupboard two hours, write a book, and then go hiking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all very. It's sort of geared up to what you need. If what you need is even not so much writing, but just a space to be around people who are writing, just to clear your head, then you know we can. We can provide that. Oh, that sounds excellent. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'll, I'll quickly talk about what I'm working on at the moment. I'm working on a uh, fantasy novel uh, about a heist, uh, about con artists, uh, based vaguely on a character I played in a D- another D&D campaign um, that uh, I played with... Um, yeah, uh, people who are familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, I've been playing uh, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and I've been playing a uh, charlatan rogue who is a con artist. And the more I played this character, the more I wanted to write a novel about her. And so, yeah, I'm currently in the early stages of planning out uh, a novel, something in the vein of um, Six of Crows, Crooked Kingdom, uh, or the Gentleman Bastards uh, series, uh, but a little more. 
a little more light-hearted. Uh, so kind of those books mixed with uh, the BBC series Hustle. Uh, so it's got more <laughs> of that kind of uh, slightly uh, sarcastic, slightly weird, uh, upbeat mood to it occasionally. Uh, but yeah, it's still, you know, working out the complexities of the plot because that's a thing that comes along with heists is, uh, unnecessarily plots. complicated pl- yes. plots. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm working on at the moment. And maybe we'll see that in, I don't know, 2025 or something <laughs> at this rate. Can't wait. Uh, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about what. Could I possibly uh, do another plug while we're in plug? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, this is coming out on Sunday, right? Uh, yes, this is coming out on Sunday, yes. So on Monday, the 7th of October, I'm launching a new podcast called Perfectly Natural, where me and my friend Em talk about gay animals. Ganimals, if you will. <gasps> do, we, do you want me to come on and talk about our transition duck? I would love... <gasps> I'd, like, your transition stru- duck, duck is such a delightful story. I think we I'm, have ducks on our list, so yes, if you interview I'm, you about you your... Know, I'm sad your our trans duck had a tragic ending, but... We but he was very cool. Bit. Yeah, okay, we'll skip that bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be actually fantastic. I will cool. make a note in the planning doc. But yeah, so that launches um, on Monday. It's very fun, quite silly, hopefully educational. It's well, kind of in the I, vein I of. I learned a lot about duck sex from having a trans duck. <laughs> <laughs> I more about duck sex than I ever needed to know. So I can traumatise your listeners with ducks. Oh, so yeah, wait, if you like... want, to, that's the tease. That's the tease. If you want to know more about Joe's trans duck, uh, listen to Ames podcast, which doesn't have anything about Joe's trans duck on yet. Um, but we're starting but with an episode about bonobos um, and lesbian monkeys, and then we move Bye. on to the mysteries of the cephalopod. <laughs> Will you also be covering polyamorous animals? I have an episode about polyamorous um, and the planning doc, but I think we'll be talking about aspects of queerness in general. Um, so there will be, as and when they come up, we're doing Get Animal by Animal. I will poke Emma about that as well, because, yes. Mm. So yeah, look, look for that. Uh, do you Have you reserved a place on iTunes for it and stuff now, um, I imagine? That's on my to-do list. Oh, okay. uh, do you have a website for it? Yes. What is the website? Um, it's not published yet. Okay. <laughs> um, we we'll, have a Twitter. We will put it so in the if, show. If you want notes. more information, then you can go to our Twitter, which is at PerfNaturalCast. There and we you'll go. find oh. all the other relevant links there. That Yay. sounds awesome. I'm going to point my friend Cheryl to that because she does talks about weird sex oh, in the animal no. kingdom. That's she so would love good. that. <laughs> yes. Is that Cheryl Morgan? That. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Should have her on this podcast as well. Um, yeah, because uh, speaking of the future of this podcast, uh, we are probably coming to the end of the inquiry arc. It'll either be in the next episode or the next two episodes. Uh, depends how long it takes the players to get through the next bit. It could be uh, ages. It could be, yeah, or, or it could, or it could happen in half an hour, or it could happen in two hours. We don't know. Uh, so it could be one or two more episodes in this arc. Uh, followed by another module constituency arc where we will have a new guest player. We will be having, uh, Chris Beatty 
who is a uh, radio DJ from, he's from Scotland. Uh, you may remember him as Ginger Chris from off of the YouTubes back, way back in the day. Uh, he, it's weird because he was a guy I used to follow on YouTube back in the day and, uh, now we kind of know each other and now he's coming on my podcast. So it's a bit weird for me. Uh, but he's great. He's hilarious. And, uh, so he's coming on to play a, a surprise guest character who you will all meet, uh, hopefully soon. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to this next arc. It, there's a lot of silliness, a lot of very strange, uh, issues, and, uh, we're going to be, uh, yeah, I can talk about the political issues we'll be kind of focusing on is, uh, yeah, the mechanization of workforce, uh, and, uh, people finding jobs in a world where, in this world anyway, where magic is taking over jobs. And so how do we, uh, you know, do people still define themselves by their work if their work is being uh, uh, done by automatons or by magic in this case? Uh, and so we're going to be diving into that, uh, hopefully. Uh, it's also going to be a um, dive into a bit of... Uh, we're going to do some character work with uh, Tilda, I think, this time around. So Yay! Tilda's going to get some uh, nice, juicy character moments, I think. Oh, uh, so all that to look forward to. Uh, after that, we'll be back to Parliament Hexagon again for a brief sojourn. Uh, uh, I won't tell you what we're going to be doing there, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this was something I did not, uh, do in the, uh, test run of the game. So this is going to be all new content that I'm going to have to write from scratch. So I'm a little bit scared about that. Uh, and then there's going to be one final constituency. Uh, before a big uh, finale. And the finale, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, maybe three, maybe four. Uh, and then after that, there will be the general election. Uh, the general election episode is going to be, a, it's going to be completely different to the rest of the show. Uh, there's not going to be any dice. Well, okay, there's going to be a lot of dice rolling, but not by any of the players or by me. Uh, the current plan I have is it's going to be live streamed. Uh, so this is me announcing that the final episode will be live streamed. Uh, Ooh, don't know where yet. <laughs> possibly on Twitch, possibly somewhere else. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, it will probably be actually also on a Thursday night. Um, because uh, that's because when the elections always are. That's when elections always are. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'll, tr- again, I'm not, Exact times and dates are obviously up in the air. Uh, it will be a case of, as live, the election results will be coming in. I will have my special assistant will be literally rolling dice for each constituency to see who has won each constituency. We will have an interactive map that will be changing as the uh, seats change hands. That so uh, sounds so really tense. Yes, oh it's God. it's going that to be really ambitious. Well, yes, it's going to be a lot like a regular. Uh, if you've watched election night coverage, uh, we're going to try and make it as much like that as I can uh, with our limited technology and limited money. Because uh, as I said, we uh, we make no money from this podcast. Uh, so, but we make a lot of smiles. <laughs> we make a lot of smiles. Uh, so I'm hopefully going to have some guest players. So I hope Naomi, you will come back for election night uh, and uh, being well. Yeah. Uh, uh, say phrases like, well, we'll wait for the real results to come in. And this is just an exit poll. So, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's too early to tell. Uh, these are the key phrases you'll need to memorize. Um, <laughs> uh, 
We'll have a swingometer. Uh, we'll have a swingometer. We'll have. Uh, again, can I, I swing off the swingometer? You can yes. certainly try. You'll have to make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, this is again part of the uh, campaign that uh, I can make very minimal plans for because uh, you could win, you could lose. Uh, it could uh, end in a hung parliament. Uh, there's lots of different ways it can go. Uh, I can plan for a, a few of them, but I can't plan for an exact situation. Uh, so the show will start with a... The ho- hopefully, this is the plan I have in mind at the moment. This may all change before we get there. Uh, it will start with a quick introduction, uh, and then we will have an exit poll uh, that we can start riffing off and talking about. Uh, then ho- uh, hopefully it will possibly take uh, about... 30 to 40 minutes for all of the votes to be counted uh, so we can have a lot of um, talk of uh, how the campaign has gone so far. We can talk about previous adventures as we come to various uh, key results. Uh, when certain key results come in, we may go live uh, and uh, quote-unquote live uh, to the announcement Life-ish. of results. Uh, Yes, live-ish. Uh, that is another opportunity for some uh, guests. I may put out a call uh, to uh, people, viewers, uh, listeners, sorry, uh, of the show. Uh, if you would like to be a returning officer to announce a uh, constituency result uh, on election night, do let us know. Uh, we would just ask that you have a decent microphone. <laughs> That's the, the, the main requisite. Uh, decent microphone and if you are available on the night, uh, and we will work out a way, uh, that we can have you call into the show and, uh, read off the results as they come in. Uh, we may have the Twitter account, uh, updating with each seat as they come in. Uh, again, like I, I say, this is perhaps a little ambitious on my I part. I was going to say, you have uh, a lot of ideas going on here. There's a lot of ideas I've got going on. Uh, I just love the idea of uh, our little Twitter account uh, over this night confusing people with uh, uh, <laughs> like uh, Barrow of Furnace, Fable Hold, you know, <laughs> results like that coming in. Uh, I hope it's a Fable Hold, hold because that's Gorlax's seat. <laughs> it would be tremendously embarrassing if he lost his seat. Um but yeah, that's that's the big plans I have for election night. Uh, we should probably be next year at this point. Um, I always wondered, would we get to our fake election before a real election came along? Uh, doesn't look like we're going to. <laughs> we could have an election uh, any minute. <laughs> we could. Uh, well, I think there has to be at least what is it? Six weeks. Six, six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be at least six weeks before an election. So uh, the race is on. Uh, race is on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, as soon as as we are getting close uh, to the uh, election night, I will start putting out some uh, more concrete plans for what we want to do. Uh, I'm also uh, open to anyone who has had experience with live streaming. Um, if uh, you have tips and ideas of how to uh, achieve some of this, uh, that I, I'm absolutely open to hearing advice uh, and getting help on that. Uh, one of the uh, questions I had from, especially my dad, when I was explaining the uh, massive, massive spreadsheet I have for the election, uh, he immediately said, well, there's a really quick way you could do this. You could put in this formula and this formula and it would do it all for you instantly. And I had to say, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it takes ages by design. 
<laughs> the the the, uh, the meticulous going through constituency by constituency rolling for each party's results that is by design to make it take a long time <laughs> so that there is this increasing tension <laughs> um, so yeah I think when we did the test run it ended in a hung parliament which was really interesting because uh, the, the, the test players did really well uh, they did really well in all the constituencies they rolled really well and uh, they had a really good um rolling advantage, uh, national advantage, and it still ended up in a uh, hung parliament, which was really interesting because that's just the way the dice rolled. Uh, so uh, the the exit poll, I think, was off by three seats, if I remember correctly. Uh, so the exit poll is fairly accurate, um, I've found so far. Uh, so it will be a thing to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, the exit poll isn't 100%, but it, it has uh, a good track record so far. Um so yeah, that'll be a thing to keep an eye on. Um, uh, I won't tell you what the current seat projections are, uh, because I think that's something to keep uh, mysterious until election night. Uh, Much like our own politics. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any ideas for things to do on election night as well, that would be cool. Um, if you want to, if if we're doing we a live stream, pie? that we can definitely have pie. Right. Uh, if we do a live stream. <laughs> uh, I was possibly going to invite uh, uh, Joe and Steve down to Oxford, where Aim and I are, uh, so we could uh, video record uh, some of it um, as we're live streaming it. If you want to dress up as your characters, I won't stop you. Yes, Uh, yes. (laughs) I always want to be dressed up as Dareth. I'd need to find a Robin Hood hat. Yes, he would. We can do that. Steve, Steve would have to find a nice shirt. I think Steve he would, would have, have to, to find him. several nice shirts. Steve would that have to be changing. Jack. Every time you went back to him, he would have a different shirt. <laughs> He'd different just shirt. be putting them on one over the other. Uh, but yeah, the, the, that's uh, that's my plans for the rest of the podcast. Uh so, and uh, after uh, that uh, election night special, uh, we're going to take a hiatus. Um, I don't know how long for, uh, probably uh, a month or so, uh, while I plan out and uh, get prepared for uh, season two. Um, we may or may not uh, do more episodes like this, where we're uh, if we again have like scheduling issues, uh, or we may, uh, if we get a big enough audience one day, we might do a live show. Who knows? Um, Maybe we could get um, questions from people kind of ongoing and then save them up for one of these shows. That's yeah, that's yeah. a good idea, yeah. Last minute. Yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. If you have uh, questions that you'd like to be included in the future DMQs, uh, yeah, do, do uh, put uh, them to tweet the speaker. Put them to the speaker, <laughs> which is me. Uh, uh, the speaker, I'm going to have, this is, this is another thing about, uh, politics changing in the real world in that I'm going to have to think of a, a new pun name because I was really proud of, uh, of Bar Crow as the, the sp- speaker of the house. I'm so glad uh, that so, that was relevant when it happened. Yeah. I'm so glad he was still speaker of the house at that point. Uh, so we're going to have to think of it. Whoever is the new speaker of the house will have to find a new, a, a new pun for their name. Carry it hair uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I've already got Harriet Hobb, who is vaguely based, who was, in, in my imagination, vaguely based on Harriet Harman, um, <laughs> who was apparently a, a barbarian, in my imagination, apparently. But, she was cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, any other business? 
this has been nice just to chill out and have a cup of tea and chat yeah there's no tense dice rolling (laughs) yeah yeah, we have not we have yet to roll a single dice Uh, so yeah, I hope um, you've all um, been okay with this uh, episode. I realise it's frustrating in that we ended the last episode on a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, we started this podcast with four episodes um, uh, already recorded in advance. <laughs> and we've just, again, through scheduling issues, because you know our, our schedules don't always line up. Anyone who's played D&D with multiple adults who have day jobs will know this uh, anyone who's done with... anything with adults who have day jobs yes yes this is true uh i think we've done really well to get as far as we had uh i'm thinking of possibly recording doing longer recording sessions so that i can split one session into two episodes uh maybe we'll see uh it, it's going to depend on how people find that because it can get exhausting recording for a long time um but yeah, we'll see how things go going forward. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have a new episode for you next week uh, where we will continue the adventures in uh, the Inquiry in the House of Lords and we will see just what happens to poor old Conway and uh, see if Pelikos can um, uh, keep his friend safe and keep his uh, enemies not so safe. Uh, and, uh, also, yeah, is I'm going to have to have my... a rethink about, you know, because I'm an ooze denier, and it's very hard to mm. deny an ooze that's happening in front of you. Yeah, it is. It's very, <laughs> it's very difficult. Uh, one of my personal favourite moments was uh, the introduction of Conway. Pelicos, darling, it's <laughs> wonderful to see you. So It was a great voice to do. I'm uh, quite glad that I chose oozes as my second language. <laughs> speaking as speaking of voices, Joel, yeah. you need to work on your Bob Dylan. I do. It was terrible. It was, I realized it was bad. Yes. <laughs> In my defence, that is Bob Chillin, not Bob Dylan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Again, that's the thing where I occasionally uh, ask for uh, people to. Um, do the voices of some NPCs because I only have so many voices I can do and uh, I'm already at my limits. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, um, I think that's Gretchen all. Uh, I've... We're going to name Gretchen's a good... duck after Gretchen. Yeah, Gretchen the, Gretchen the Wretched. Yes, all our ducks are named after on... fictional witches, so I think Aww. when they get to G, <laughs> one of them has to be Gretchen. Yeah, excellent. Uh, what other ones have you got, then? Uh, we've got um, Amy and the unfortunately deceased Anya, uh, oh. Bellatrix and Matilda, um, Carrie, Carrie has also left us, um, Cersei, Mrs. Cake, Carrie Dwayne, <laughs> and Constance. Mrs. Cake! Um, <laughs> Daenerys, Duncilla, Dory, and... No, it's Daenerys, Duncilla, and Dolly, Dory. Uh, all the quails are called Esme. Um... <laughs> Because they all look the fucking same and you can't tell the difference, so they're all cool as me. And then our new ones are Fenella, Freya, and Finrazel. Aww. And you'll have to get a nanny og at some point, I imagine. Hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, all chickens are nanny So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, for more chicken talk, uh, tune into Ames' new podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's duck talk specifically on Ames' new D- podcast. Duck talk. All our chickens are I mean, there's a lot of talk. 
There's a lot of talk <laughs> of a lot of things. Um, it's not PG. Uh, we'll retweet it from the Campaign Trail podcast uh, Twitter account as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think that's all I have to say. So, um, hopefully, next week, like I say, we'll have a full episode for you. We'll get back into the story and you can get a resolution to that uh, cliffhanger ending. Uh, or not. Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, hope you all enjoyed this, uh, little chatty episode, and, uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Stay groovy. <laughs> oh, uh, go back to your constituencies and prepare for adventure. <laughs>